What's going on, Drinking Buddies? Brand new podcast coming right at you. But real quick, we know what we got to do first. We got to pay some bills in this motherfucker. First and foremost, we are brought to you by the video versions of this podcast. That's right. Experience the madness in full HD on Vimeo for 99 cents an episode or $6 a month. Get you unlimited streaming episodes. Check that out today at anwd.net slash videos. Once again, that is anwd.net slash videos. You will not regret it. We are also brought to you by my Twitch stream. That's right. The last year and a half or so, I've been a Twitch streamer. I've been just playing video games for people's fun and amusement. Come hang out at twitch.tv slash Slayer. Throw me some bits. Throw me a subscription. Just hang out. Do some shots with me. It's a good fucking time. Occasionally, school some nerds. Often, I'm the one in school, though. And last, but certainly not least, we are brought to you by my Amazon affiliate link. That's right. In the show description, there is an Amazon affiliate link. For when you make purchases on Amazon, you click the link and it gives me a kickback for every purchase you make. Costs you nothing but a couple seconds of your time and really does help out the show. So do me a solid, click on the affiliate link, kick a little cash my way. All right, that's it for the boring stuff. My guest this week is retired adult performer and the host of Love and Laughs, Miss Alana Love. Alana and I talk about travel, New York nightlife, what she's been up to during the pandemic, all sorts of fun shit. I really wish this could have been an in-person one, but Alana unfortunately is in New York, but we'll do it in person one of these days. And be sure to check out her podcast, Love and Laughs. But in the meantime, sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy Drinking Buddies. hell are you doing besides sitting in traffic Hi. for the last couple hours oh my god it's good thank you so much for having me well i i figure normally when we do these remote shows it's an easy commute but apparently you just went through it to fucking get on this show so but yes you know what then it's well worth it she it's says well that well worth it thank you so much for having me it's my pleasure but just say that now <laughs> we're only like 30 seconds into the show and like a half hour be like in a minute, I might change my mind. Exactly. Who knows? You're like pub- <laughs> calling your publicist like, what the fuck did you just sign me up for? I waited. And never again. For- you're fired. You're fu- oh, shit. If you file- fire your publicist over this, I am never going to hear the fucking end of it. I guess I got to be on good behavior. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's awesome. I love him. Oh, I He's do great. too. I need to drink more whiskey with him. Speaking of which, I need to pour myself something. <laughs> it- it's 630 there in New York. You drinking? Yes. Um. You know what? I should, because I've been stuck in traffic for so long. You deserve it. I do. So do you. We should drink together. I only have Trulies, though, so I'm going to drink a truly. Hey, I'm not here to judge. Like, whatever makes you happy. <laughs> exactly. So besides being stuck in horrible New York traffic for the last couple hours, what have you been doing with yourself? Um, well, basically, I, oh, I have my own podcast, Love, is, uh, Love and Laughs. I have my own network, A Love Media. So I've been doing that. Um, my show, Love and Laughs, is basically uh, it's comedians, upcoming hip hop artists, musicians, 
adult entertainers, pretty much everyone. And it's just bullshitting. Um, and basically, obviously talking about sex and just bullshitting about whatever comes to mind. And I really have no filter on anything. So my audience me. is very used to a show like that. And that's kind of how we roll around here, too. See, the me and you get along. That's why. Well, cheers to that. Exactly. Forget where my, my camera is. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. But you went a whole other fucking step. You're like, I'm starting my own network. Fuck just doing it in my own show. What made you decide to do the fucking network with it? Um, well, because it's on YouTube, you get a lot of restrictions. So um, I figured, why not start a network where there's pretty much no restrictions? You could say whatever you want to say. I mean, obviously, it still has to be the legal route. Like, there's no... You know, it can't be fully porn or anything like that, but and also give other people a platform as well. So like upcoming hip hop artists, if they want to have like a concert every week or to promote their songs, they could do that on the network. If comedians want to do a comedy special once a week, they could do that on the network or a reality show or something. So it's not just limited to one thing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Like, see, I, I, for me, I just ended up going to Vimeo where they're like, yeah, nudity's okay. I'm like, okay, we're over on Vimeo then. <laughs> and also, um, um, my net, uh, going to be on Roku and Amazon sometime in September. So I'm excited about that. That's fucking awesome. I, when we get off air, I may be like, Hey, so how do you uh, get that done? Cause I, you know, I may need to Absolutely. look, <laughs> I may need to look into doing that shit too. Shit. Absolutely. I mean, it reaches so many more followers and stuff like that. So why not? And like, why not have a bigger reach? And um, I started my own charity as well. So the pandemic actually helped me as like it pushed me to like get started on things. My charity is Love is Love and it's for it helps people for domestic violence pretty much to help. And I'm very passionate about it because I was in a domestic violence relationship and I'm a survivor of it. And honestly, no one helped me with it. And I felt like I didn't have a voice. So I would like to help people and make them feel safe and make them feel like, hey, I have a voice and I could come to this person or people, this organization and feel safe and know that I'm not getting judged or like I have a safe house pretty much. That's fucking awesome. I, I know that domestic violence cases were way on the rise because of the pandemic, because people were pretty much locked in with their abusers. Oh, a hundred percent. And it's not just women. Like it's men too, except the men don't like really come forward with it, but it's everyone. So why not help? If like, if I can help somebody, then I'm happy with it. We need more shit like that. And that's one of the things like we got to, as a society, be more accepting of dudes coming forward about that shit, because like people can be physically and verbally abusive to dudes. And if like dudes even attempt to go to law enforcement about it, if they can bring themselves to do it, they'll probably get laughed. Well, they get made fun of like, like, dude, what's wrong with you and stuff like that. And everything like it has nothing to do with you not being macho or anything like that. It's just, you know, Black and blues go away. And I say this all the time. Black and blues go away. But 
like for someone to say over and over, like, oh, you're a piece of shit, you're an asshole, you're this verbally and mentally, emotionally abusive and everything, it sticks more to you than a black and blue. So regardless whether you're male or female, it doesn't matter how macho you are or how strong you are or anything. At some point in time, it's like you're going to start believing it, even though it's not true. Yeah, you hear it enough times and it becomes true. And honestly, you're a, a stronger dude if you don't physically lash out at that shit. Then, right. Because you, know, you could be a weak dude and be like, oh, she's treating me like shit. Then fucking hit your significant other. And like, no, if you're the one who's like restraining themselves and taking this abuse, you're honestly a stronger person. Right. But then honestly, for me, it took me nine years to walk away. And like, I know there's a lot of girls in the industry that are probably in the same predicament that I was and everything. And like, for me, if I'm like I said, if I'm able to help one person, then I'm happy because like you don't have to see it physically like you could be happy on the outside, but like on the inside, you're slowly dying and nobody knows about it. Oh, yeah. Because of that. I mean, I definitely know performers that like show up to set every day. They're fucking happy, you know, happy go lucky. The minute they're off set, though, like their suitcase pimp boyfriend is fucking making their lives fucking miserable. Right. And like for me, I still don't understand like the whole pimp concept because it's like my pimp is my bank. So that's my pimp. Like they take all my money, but at the end of the day, my bank lets me take it out whenever I want to. So that's my pimp. <laughs> so what is the charity actually doing to like actually help her? Like the, you guys helping with housing or what are you guys doing with it? Well, right now I'm in the stage of all the paperwork. Cause there's a whole lot of paperwork that needs to be filled out. Like a whole lot of paperwork. But what I want to do is, um, help with housing, help with financial status, um, eventually pick one family a month and just help them financially with whatever they need. So get a bunch of donations, like either from um, events that I hold, the merchandise that I sell, 5% of every merchandise that I sell goes to the charity. So, and... 5% of all the show revenues go to the charity and everything because I'm so passionate about this that I do want, like, I want to make sure that I'm not saying that I'm going to save the world, but I hope to save some people. And like, especially when there's kids involved, that's even worse. 100%. I mean, kids are fucking innocent. They don't, they didn't choose this. Like they're just in a bad situation beyond their fucking control. So yeah, definitely. If you can help the children, that's so fucking important. Right. Exactly. And sometimes like they're so quiet about it. Like I know I wasn't able to tell my friends about it. My friends or family about anything, you know, like I have no kids. Thank God I have no kids with the person or whatever or anything, but I wasn't able to tell anybody. And then afterwards, people were like, why didn't you tell us? Because how can I tell somebody? You know what I mean? Like I thought I was alone. But like. If I was able to be like, okay, I could trust somebody and like, I know that this is confidential and everything like that and discreet, then maybe I would come forward. That's got to be fucking immensely difficult just to trust somebody enough because 
I'm sure there was fear if it got back to your partner, you know, what the fuck would happen. Right. Well, I mean, it fucked with me emotionally and stuff like that. And like, um, but thankfully I got wiser and smarter and thankfully. So yeah, it just took me nine years, but yeah. <laughs> hey, at least you got out. Like, event- Exactly. Wow, we totally started this show on a fucking downer. Like, oh, hey. I know. Can we go on an upward, please? It's Friday. It's Friday. We're drinking. Let's not talk about domestic abuse anymore. But yes. like, you're doing important yes. work. Okay. So I, I, wanted, I wanted people to know about it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Now they know about it. Now they know about it. Now we can get back to drinking. They have a good fucking time. Exactly. So New York's been opening back up. You made out to any comedy shows? Comedy has been open and stuff. I have not, unfortunately, but I've been out to restaurants and it feels so good to be actually eating inside a restaurant right now, except now you have to be vaccinated soon or you can't go out anymore. So I'm like, oh, okay. Like my thoughts on it is basically it's not democracy anymore. It's not freedom. But if I still want to be employed and be Go be going out in New York and stuff. I have to get va- the vaccine. So, yeah, LA is not quite to that point yet, but I have a feeling we're going to be there real soon. Well, LA and New York usually follow each other, don't they? A lot of times, a lot of times. So I'm, and we're currently at higher numbers than we were back in November. So I I'm fully expecting the lockdown to happen, or at very least, like mandatory vaccines. But the <sighs> The silly part about it is, like, I know people that are not getting vaccinated who have basically fake documents already. It's not like it's hard to fucking fake a fucking one of those CDC cards. So is is this really going to make any fucking difference? The whole fake CDC cards, I find it like, okay, and what if you get caught? You travel and then what? You get caught. So you pay $200 for a $20,000 fine. Oh, I agree. I mean... Uh, I heard, I mean, this is all second, third hand. I heard about some friends of friends who like got caught trying to go into Canada like that. And it was a massive, massive fucking fine and the potential jail time with it. Right. And it's not like you could get a lawyer with it. No, no, no. You got to pay it on demand. Like, so what's the point of getting a fake CDC card? Just I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get the vaccine and that's it. Like. But to me, it's like, why are you putting so much pressure? It's not even FDA approved yet. Why are you putting so much pressure on it? And how is this freedom of freedom of anything? It's one of those things where, like, it's for the greater good, unfortunately. Like, potentially, it should be for the greater good. It It's a communicable disease. Like, it'd be one thing, like, I don't want to get a vaccine that like it only affects me or it only affects me where like I have to make a choice like an STD or some shit like that. If you don't want to get an HPV vaccine or some shit like that, you can choose not to fuck. I can't really choose not to breathe on people. Right. But when they push the vaccine so hard that like I'm not saying that um, the virus isn't real. Like I know it's a thousand percent real and everything. I know it for a fact. But when they push the vaccine so hard and give you bribery incentives as well, like, oh, we'll give you $100 and we'll give you this and we'll give you that. Like, it just makes me like, huh, why are you pushing so hard? Because they want capitalism. They, At the end of the day, 
the government's not really, they're motivated by the financial end of it. It's, oh, if people are sick or people have to stay home, the supply chain continues to break down, work doesn't get done, and America loses its financial foothold. Right. The whole shutdown for a year and a half was so uncalled for, though. I Like, it was just eerie. It was just so eerie to me. Like, you can't travel. You can't do this. And, like, walking around, like, New York City and stuff like that and, like, driving around New York City with no traffic. First off, I loved it. But then at the same time, I was like, oh, my God, this is so scary. Like, oh. everything is shut down. Yeah, getting getting around L.A. was very similar. Like, holy fuck, I'm getting out to the valley in 15 minutes? What the fuck? Oh, I know. When I was in L.A., I think L.A. traffic is a whole lot worse than New York traffic. When I was shooting and stuff like that, like, I was told um, if I need to get anywhere, make sure it's an, like, even if it's, like, five minutes away or whatever, make sure it's an hour drive. I plan an hour. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> like... I'm like, well, how? So I really appreciate New York that much more. <laughs> like, well, at least you guys have the options under normal circumstances, like take the subway if you want. Fuck. Oh, I don't take the subway because I'm bougie, but I don't take the subway. <laughs> well, for your average New Yorker, you have the option. <laughs> like, if, exactly. In LA, if you're like, I want to take the subway, like, do you live in one of like four do you neighborhoods? Have a subway? We do. No, we do technically. Oh, it goes. <laughs> technically. It goes from like. North Hollywood to downtown, uh, from downtown up to like Highland Park, and then from downtown down all the way to Long Beach. And that is like it. Oh, wow. It goes to like a handful of places. Unless you're in one of the specific places the subway goes to, it is super not convenient. And if you're not like, like to get from Hollywood to LAX via like the subway, you got to like go downtown, then take another line to like almost down the fucking middle of nowhere and then head all the way fucking west it's like fuck that oh my god and the bus is basically the same with the traffic so it's pointless yeah like oh hey i'm gonna just sit in traffic on a bus with a bunch of crazy people and mm, now nah, pass Nah, i'm good but like to me it's weird because everybody's like oh my god how are you doing in new york because the media makes it so much worse with all the crime stuff that goes on and everything, don't get me wrong, They're, like the crime rate definitely went up. It's like, very, it's scary and stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, wow, the media really fucks things up, huh? Like, I'm so scared that the tourists are never going to come back. Thanks, Mayor. Like, <laughs> but uh, And unfortunately, that's just what the media wants to do is because then you get clickbait headlines and people fucking pay attention to what the fuck's happening and click on their site to add revenue. It's well, it's all about the ratings. Yeah, the ratings, the, the ad revenue, and making money. I mean, unfortunately, the media is about making money. Right, exactly. It was like, it never used to be that way, but now it's like all about popularity. Like, you turn on one channel, it says one thing. Then you turn on another channel, it says a whole nother thing about the same exact story. It's like two different stories. It's the weirdest thing ever. Yeah, well, That's why I stopped watching the news. Journalism and te- journalistic integrity is just not there what it used to be. They don't have the money anymore to like do investigative journalism in any way. So it's just like, for the most part, it's like clickbait headline, 
small article, never any follow-up about it. And like, sometimes you read crazy shit and like six months down the road, I want to know what the fuck happened with that. Well, that's why you go to Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and you find everything out anyway. So what's the point of watching the news? You find everything out on Facebook anyway. <laughs> the problem is with Facebook is like, um, this is sometimes very questionable sources or. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. If they don't agree with what the person is saying, they'll delete it. <laughs> like, well, and we have a whole society who's like, oh, I'm going to post a meme. That's a fact. I'm like, eh, memes are not facts. Well, I mean, everybody thinks that whatever they're saying is like factual. Majority of the people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think as a society, one of the problems we have is that we've lost the ability to like look at things with nuance. It's like, no, not everything is this way or this way. It's like, well, it's somewhere in between. You got to look at like multiple angles on it, not just, oh, this happened. Therefore, this is wrong or this happened. Therefore, this is right. It's like, well, how did we get there? What's the intent? I think people forgot that we're allowed to have opinions. We're allowed to have different opinions. And during the, and the whole, I've never seen so much people talk about politics as much as I do right now. And like, I hate talking about politics. I hate it. But it's just like the loss of friendship, the loss of family and stuff like that because of it. I'm like, because you're a Democrat or a Republican, that's it. You're not talking to the other person. Like, how is that right? But before that, everything was fine. I, I'm not sure everything was fine. I think everyone just wasn't fucking talking about it. Right, I think, exactly. I think people were just suppressing that shit. And the problem is, at the end of the day, we're all supposed to be fucking Americans. We're supposed to be what right. we should be looking at what's best for America, not what's best for party a or party b like are you a politician no then you're not really a member of the democratic or the republican party you you right. vote you them. have your opinion i have mine but it doesn't mean that we should not be friends or we should not be talking or or anything like that we're allowed to have different opinions 100 percent. the problem becomes when people are so steadfast in their opinions they're not willing to accept any new information and or admit that they were, you know, that their opinion can change. Not necessarily that they're wrong, that they can change their opinion. And that that's where the problem lies. It's like, oh no, no, I'm sticking with this opinion no matter what is presented. Either right. either way, like on either side, quote side. Right. And like, I'm right, you're wrong, and that's it, and that's that's the way it's gonna be, and blah blah blah. And otherwise I'm not talking to you. Okay, we're five again. One where my, my whole thing, like during both election cycles, were like when people were like, "Oh, Trumpers are fucking idiots." I'm like, "What world do you live in that like you're gonna try to convince someone to change their point of view towards yours by calling them a fucking idiot?" Right. Like, regardless of who I voted for or whatnot, it, like, let's say if you voted for Biden and I voted for Trump or vice versa, it doesn't make. I'm not going to stop speaking to you because of it and be like, oh, I don't like you anymore. Just don't put your views on me and I'm just not going to talk politics with you. I'm not going to talk politics with anyone. But like that to me, I'm just like, I've never seen so much segregation as I do right now. It's absolutely wild tribalism. 
And the problem is people identify as this thing. And then when you talk shit about the thing that they're not actually a part of, it's like getting upset when someone talks shit about your sports team. Like, are right. you, do you play on that fucking team? Do you play do on, you own the team? Right. <laughs> like, why are you getting upset when I'm being like, I don't like that team. We have a difference of opinion. Like, are you going to get that upset when I'm like, I don't like that movie that you like. Right. Like, oh my God, we can't speak no more. That's it. We're done. <laughs> That's it. Conversation's over. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. It's like, you, none of us, unless you're an actual politician, have shit to do with pol- affect policy. We really are just like, uh, I, I think that guy's gonna represent my views the best I can. But I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I'm not a member of either one of those fucking parties. I, I don't mm-hmm. get elected. <laughs> I am you so should. Mad. I'll vote for you. Oh, you don't want to do that. I drink a lot. That's okay. I mean, I'm sure they do too, but I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, hell, to be in office in the social media, you area, have to. You have to be a fucking you have drunk. To. You have to do something. See, <laughs> so they should just, you know, like let them do hard drugs, and maybe if we let, maybe the, the world would be a better place if we publicly let all our, you know, Congress people and senators get coked out of their minds. Maybe we get more done. <laughs> Like they take a lot of fucking breaks. We just gotta. Maybe get them- they'll be happier. <laughs> Either that par- really paranoid and fucking nuke somebody. Like who knows? Whoops. Trial and error. Trial and error. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll try it. We'll try. We'll try it out. Like <laughs> bags of cocaine for Congress. Exactly. <laughs> Come on! Don't you want to see Pelosi just like take a rail off the fucking speaker's desk? Like or hear it? Like here we go. All right. <laughs> I call this to order. Wham, wham, just oh, starts. damn, the allergies are kicking in. <laughs> this pollen in D.C. Oh, so bad. <laughs> it, it would be funny to watch, though. It, it would be. It would be. I, I'd be much more entertained by that shit than what's currently happening when, you know. I'd, oh, 100%. Can't, can't looking 100%. Like, this is. I'm just hoping eventually we make it through this bullshit. And Me too, and I'm hoping that there's not another lockdown. I know, I know, but we're. I think we're looking at it. I think it's gonna fucking happen. I just, if it is, I hope it's not for another year. Like, it's. I hope it's not as long as it was last time. I hope so too. I honestly, honestly, if like the fucking government had just gotten off their wallets and like really paid everyone to stay home for a fucking month, we probably would have been through this already. Right. But they're like, no, oh, we're gonna dick around and yeah. We're not going to, we'll just, maybe, maybe you'll be able to survive, maybe, and then. But you know what, like, at least for us, because we're in the entertainment industry and stuff like that and everything, I don't collect, like, I don't have a paycheck. I don't work nine to five. I don't have a regular paycheck. So for me, it was like, okay, I had no money coming in because I wasn't working because they shut everything down, but the bills were still coming in. Uh, it I, wasn't like, oh, you're not working? Don't worry about the bills and stuff like that. And like, I'm just like, how is that fair to me or anybody else that's like in the Broadway or in theater or in the entertainment or in the comedy or, you know, everything? 
Uh, I agree. And that's why the government should have got off their fucking wallets and been like, all right, here's enough fucking like real money to actually survive on. Right. Month, two months, stay the fuck home. Like made real consequences for going out and fucking made it so people didn't have to. Because besides like people, you and I in entertainment, there are people that are just low fucking income that were surviving check to fucking check. And And then didn't have a check. Yeah. I think to me, that's just so messed up too. And like, I'm just like, that's not fair to anybody. Like nobody. Yeah. Especially, you know, we're America. We're supposed to be number fucking one. And you got other fucking countries around the world. Like, oh yeah, here's thousands a month to stay the fuck home. Right. And then look at them now. I think they're partying it up or something like that. And then I see Lollapalooza and it's like COVID what? Well, Did you see that? Oh, I, I'm originally from Chicago. So, like, besides seeing all the Lala pictures, I have a bunch of friends still there that were just like, what the fuck? It's crazy. I saw it and I was just like, and rolling loud, too. I was like, so everyone forgot about COVID. Everyone forgot yeah. about it. And I don't know how true this is, but there's stories coming out of Lala, like, because you had to show your, your vaccination or your test status before you went into Lala. But it's like, there's stories of, oh, I just had to flash a fucking phone at the guard. They didn't, security didn't care. So then how, like, I believe that part that it was just like, oh, here. And that was it. Here. Well, I, I, as someone who's worked security in the past, I 100% believe it too. Especially like venue security. When like there's that. so many thousands of people. There's so many thousands of people. These guys are getting directives from their bosses to just keep the line fucking moving. And these guys right. are making, probably in Chicago, Maybe ten dollars an hour, right? Like, so they don't care, right? Ten dollars an hour. Why would you give a fuck? Why? Why is it worth getting yelled at? Because the line's not moving. Because you're actually doing your job right, right? So you might as well just be like, okay, go. Yeah, just keep fucking, on moving. Keep fucking moving. Keep fucking yeah. Keep moving. But it was just crazy. Like I saw pictures and stuff, and I was like, oh, okay. So we're just that's where the shutdown's gonna happen. <laughs> like. <laughs> That is the super spreader event of 2021. It's it's going to be great. It's Yes, it's great. I, I love that my former hometown is uh, ground zero. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm happy to be on the West Coast away from all that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I feel like we need to, like, we made it a little happier getting away from domestic violence, but we're still like, yes, we did. we're still like, oh, yeah, plague, uh, fucking the world falling apart. But think, still, well, at least we're laughing. Oh, yeah, no, I'm having a great fucking time. Don't, don't give me Me wrong. too. I'm just I'm like, I think we should bring it up, try to bring up another notch. Just, yes, just, I think we should. More fun shit. So what have you been doing for fun, though, during the, like, year and a half lockdown in New York? Have you, have you gone on, like, any Zoom dates or any shit like that? Like, and, uh, no. No. I have never done the whole online dating thing just because I watch too much SVU. So <laughs> I have never done the whole online dating. But what have I done? I don't know. Like my friend, my best friend came over and like we had a lot of edibles and stuff. And like that was like the mo- that was the fun that we had because there was nothing else to do. So we, how are edibles in New York? Because we'd still li- illegal there, right? Yeah. Weed is legal. Oh, it's legal now? I thought it was... Yeah, weed is legal. Oh, okay. I don't smoke, though, but she makes her own edibles and stuff. She makes her own gummies. So it's great. Like, we we just eat it, and I'm like, this is fucking fantastic. Like, I'm like, oh. 
I could sleep like a baby, but I could laugh too and everything like that. And I'm like, this is great. And we're also like drinking. And so that's the fun because there was nothing else to do. But now, like now that we could go out, I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Honestly, back to quickly touching on COVID. I am so fear like going back into lockdown since I've had that like taste of freedom of being back out at bars and restaurants. I know. It's like if it had gone on, like just stayed, kept us locked down. I probably would be better to more equipped to handle it mentally than being like, Oh yeah, I was just in a restaurant. I had food served to me. I had a lot of fun. I bullshit with friends, got some wine. That was all such a good time. And then like, those were back in the day. Remember those good times? (laughs) Right. It being so, so what far- did you do? Oh shit! Well, you're looking at a lot of what I've been doing for the last year and a half. Like the, a lot of this, whole lot of like, oh yeah, we're just bullshitting, drinking on fucking the internet. But Why not? a lot of otherwise, I've been just doing a lot of content creation. Like I became a fucking Twitch streamer. Like I'm like I play video games nice. for entertainment. Why not? Nice. Yeah, the way I looked at it was uh, I was going to be playing video games while I was stuck inside anyway, so I might as well try to make some money at because. I have the same sickness that a lot of people have is I don't have hobbies. I just try to make money from everything I fucking do. I'm the same way. Like people are like, so what are your hobbies? I'm like, I don't know. Like sleeping is sleeping a hobby or shopping a hobby. Like, I don't know. Taking a long bath and relaxing that that's the hobby. I like long walks on the beach stuff. Like, <laughs> I mean, fuck. technically, technically in the, before the pandemic, in the loosest sense, travel was a hobby for me. Like, you know, like I like to. Oh, I love traveling. I, you know, I'd like to go, to, you know, all, I've been all around the world and I'm like, I like to fucking go get weird in fucking other countries. But at the end of the day, like, some of that was for content creation too. It wasn't like I'm going to create content, but while I'm there, I'm creating content. OnlyFans? No, no, no. no I'm <laughs> hey, what are you saying? I can't have an OnlyFans? What, what kind of course of discrimin- you can. What kind of discrimination I is that? I know about? you can. I know you can. No, I, I could. It'd just be, I'd be jerking Everyone off. Everyone should subscribe to his OnlyFans. <laughs> you never know. Like, I would subscribe. I, it's not that I don't want to jerk off for bears. It's just not what I find sexually arousing. You're so stupid. <laughs> like, I, I know what my de- demo would be to fucking me stroking it off. Like, <laughs> and there ain't nothing I wrong would with subscribe. that. Oh, okay. Well, I have one. So, okay. Well, shit. We're just cutting the podcast. Like, I guess this is becoming a cam show. I'm going to stop recording real quick. Like, let's do it. (laughs) Oh, yes, baby. Take it off. Well, shit. I don't know. I'm not even set up for tipping. Oh, I'm doing this all wrong. I'm just giving a lot. Like, I'm giving it away for free. I'm fucking up here. (laughs) Ooh, take it off. Well, I was like, this is the first interview I've ever done where, like, the host is getting asked, is asking to get naked, not the other. What? How is this working? No, it's fine. <laughs> I like it. Keep going, Magic Mike. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, you got the moves and everything. <laughs> For the video version, you'll have to check out what's happening. The audio, you're missing absolute magic right now. You just get my narration. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see. I don't see dollars, Alana. I don't see any dollars. Nothing else is coming off. This gotta make it rain. Gotta make it rain. (laughs) Here you go. (laughs) So, when it's safe to do so, where the fuck do you want to go? Where's the first place you're going to? Um, I would love to go to Bahamas. 
first place I want to go just to lay out and do nothing. Have you been before? Yes. I love it there. So just like even for a weekend, because it's international, but the flight is so close that like it's still good. It's only like three hours away, but it's still international that you need a passport. So I'm like, oh, I love it. So, so I are, definitely want to go there. Are you doing like a resort and just like they bring you fucking everything? Yes, of course. Yeah. What about you? Where would you go? I want to go back to Japan. I've never been. Tokyo is amazing. I heard amazing things. Like Tokyo is, I've been to Tokyo twice. It is absolutely my favorite place on the planet. My audience's eyes are rolling because I this happens every time travel comes up. They're just like, oh, I'm asking to talk about Japan again. Great. But no, I definitely want to go. It, it's just such a wild fucking place. Because imagine L.A. sprawl, but Manhattan density everywhere. Oh, wow. So it's just- And like, I've seen pictures and stuff and everything. It looks amazing. Amazing. It, it, and I hear the food is phenomenal. I'm a foodie. Oh, yeah. No, the food is absolutely fucking amazing. The only places I've ever gotten a bad meal in Tokyo was one at the airport, and you can't count airport food mostly. Like, You can never count on the airport for any, like, for none of none of the airports, actually. Yeah, and the other one, one night while we were drunk, we went out to a place called Freshness Burger. It was like a Japanese fucking burger joint, like fast food. And it was just like... Mm-hmm. Why are we eating fast food burgers in Japan? Why are we doing this? But when you're drunk, you know what? The greasiest food and like the fast food and stuff, you love it. Like I know when I'm drunk and everything and hungover, all I want is McDonald's. But we could have found ramen or like one of the really common uh, fast foods there is these rice bowls. You just like, it's like seven bucks and it's like a bowl of rice like whatever meat you want grilled to order and like an egg you crack over it. It's so fucking good. It's like six bucks. Ooh, that sounds good. Oh, it's really good. And like the yolk on the eggs, like bright orange. It's such a fucking fresh egg. It's so much better than any fucking like burger you're going to get in Japan. Hmm. Now you're making me want to go and like, just for that. Oh, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And you can just stumble around. taking me? Oh, I guess we're going. Right. I guess so. All right, all right. My bags are packed. Shit. <laughs> all right. I have a feeling I'm going to have to book us a room at the Ritz. So that just judging already on the bouginess level. <laughs> you know me so well. I know. We only met like 40 minutes ago, and I'm I already I've already gauged it. Like, I know you already know me so well. We became besties. Uh, I, I will have to break it to you, though. You really do need to take the subway to get around in, in Tokyo. That's okay. You could be my bodyguard. Oh, I'm on it. I'm on it. But it's yes. also like trains there are like different than anywhere else. Like it's considered rude to be like talking on the train. People just, what? Like, people just are on the train, like quietly riding. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's just it's so culturally different. Holy shit. Because in New York, when I did take the train, like you couldn't even hear yourself think. That's how loud it was. And I'm sure it just got louder over the years. Oh, I'm sure as, it, as the MTA is like not keeping up with maintenance it's between the train and, and the not people. not giving a fuck and stuff. Yeah. yeah like, but- so yeah, no. 
Oh, I definitely want to go to Tokyo. Oh, you got to go. You got to go. It's definitely on my bucket list. I, otherwise, I'd like to go back to Cuba. Cuba was fucking rad. I want to go to Cuba. I want to go to Colombia. Colombia was awesome. I, I went to Bogota in 2018. Oh, nice. And like, that was a real interesting place. Where do you want to go in, in Colombia? I just want to go to Colombia and see it. Like, I've been not for the drugs or anything or Cuba for the drugs, but like, I seen like I've seen it and like it just looks beautiful. So like and my old hairstylist used to go to Colombia like once a month. So I'm like, I just want to see what the hype is all about because everybody keeps talking about Colombia. So I'm like, I just want to see. Do you want to go to uh, Medellin or Bogota? Medellin, yeah. yeah. I I've heard great things. Like I heard that city is a lot of fucking fun. Bogota, Bogota is a wild place. Like I, I want to go to Medellin. Better than Medellin? I don't know. I, I've heard Medellin was actually a better city, but we, the friends I went with, were just like, "Fuck it, Bogota, it's the capital. Let's do it." Oh, okay. How far is it away from each other? Uh, it's not super far. It's a, it's a fairly short flight, but you know, jungle, so you gotta fly it. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> like. The, that's one of the crazy parts about like Colombia and like parts of South America, those parts of South America is like you can't get to some parts of the country without flying to them. Cause it's just like, they're separated by fucking jungle. Oh wow. So you can't even drive. Yeah. You have to fly it. And what I didn't realize, like Bogota is like the third largest city in the Western hemisphere. Oh wow. It's huge. It's like Mexico city, New York, Bogota. Oh wow. That's dope. And it's just like, holy shit. And it's like high in the fucking mountains. Like people get elevation sickness when they get there and shit. But. Oh my God. You can take cable cars up to like up in the mountains that surround the city and like see down to the fucking city. And it's just like, oh my God, this place is fucking And I'm sure at night it's beautiful. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. But it's also like, you can definitely tell that like this country's seen some shit in recent years. Because, like, 100%. you go around the capital, like, there's these old, beautiful buildings, like, but there's also, like, armed security, like, military checkpoints with AKs. Just like, Oh, really? Just around the blocks. Like, they, they don't stop you or arrest you, but they're there. You see them. Like. Oh, wow. You get within a couple blocks of, like, the Supreme Court or the Capitol, or, and there's just dudes with AKs just on the street. See, at least I know that I'm safe and stuff, but at the same time, like. That's scary, too, because I'm like, uh, that's like Israel. Where I'm like, I have family in Israel. I've been to Israel and stuff and everything. But I'm like, I don't want to get off the plane and see, like, you know, the military with, like, AK-47s. Like, hey, welcome. How was Israel? Like, I'm I'm a bad Jew. I should go at some point, but. Well, I'm a Jew, too, so. I assume most most people that aren't members of the tribe are like, Israel, let's go. No, well, I was. 12 or 13 when I went so I can't really remember much but like it was beautiful beautiful and like Tel Aviv was beautiful and stuff I want to go now when I'm older because I'll appreciate it that much more but like with everything that's going on I'm so scared to go just because of all the like there will never be peace or anything like that but like like I said, to get greeted by like the military and stuff, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I really want to. It's one of those things where like that part of the world never really had that much appeal for me. Like 
I feel like I should see Israel just to see Israel because who knows if shit gets real crazy in our lifetimes, Israel may cease to exist. I mean, the country's only existed within our grandparents' lifetimes. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's always good to see where you came from. Well, besides the biblical sense, who knows if we really came from there? Like, That's true. I mean, I was born in Russia, but I came when I was eight months old. So I've never been back. I don't have family there. I don't have friends there. Nothing like that. And everybody's like, don't you want to see where you came from? Like, not really. Like, because I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. You know what I mean? Like, that's where I came from. Like, eight months old, I was there. So that's all I know. And I remember. So that's pretty much all I know. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. Like, my family's. You know, for the most part, been here, I'm fourth generation in. But, yeah, we're all, like, Russian, Czech, Austrian, you know, German. Oh, see, that's why we get along. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, Eastern European, Mutt Jew. But I want to go to Russia at some point. Like, I just want to – there's so much fucking history there. There's – it's supposed to still be a pretty fucking wild place. Like, just got to keep your head a little low. It's beautiful and stuff. You just got to learn how to speak Russian because I speak like I'm three. So. <laughs> it's better than me. It's absolutely better than like when I travel abroad, I try to at least learn some phrases and shit. Like so because I, I find that people always treat you better when you at least make an attempt to speak their language first. Right. And like I know. When Thank I, God for Google Translator. Fuck yeah. And pro tip to anyone who's listening. Google Translate works offline if you download the language first. You don't even have to have. Right. Exactly. Access. I didn't know that until, like, I got to Cuba with no internet. I'm like, oh, shit, I can use this shit offline? Yes, let me do it now. <laughs> but I don't know, like, Russian. I know when I was in Finland, I, like, tried to learn some fucking Finnish words, and it was just like, nope, brain is not accepting this. Really? Like, I can't read or write, obviously. Like, I understand everything because my family spoke Russian, but I always answered back in English. So I would just never really know how to speak Russian. So right now, like, I really, I make up my own language as I go along, like half English, half Russian, half, like, I just make it up. So I'm like, it is what it is. You got to understand it or you don't. That's it. (laughs) So why do you think your parents, like, didn't try to, like, get you going second language with Russian? You know, I don't even know. It's just to me, like, I think that they thought that because they spoke it in the house, I would learn it and stuff and everything. But I spoke mostly English, obviously. So I wouldn't really speak Russian or anything. So to me, they never really said, no, you need to speak Russian and you need to do that. So I guess it was never really like a big thing for them. Makes sense. I like I know with some immigrant families are like, no, 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 you're an American now, so you need to go out and learn English. And Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of family like that, but to me, as long as like I understand everything, then I'm fine with it. Well, I guess you're going to have to be my translator when we go to Russia. No problem. Let's do it. Once <laughs> again, there'll be another train involved because I want to do the Trans-Siberian Railroad. No problem. My bags are packed. I mean, that that's a bougie trip if you do it right. Like, have you ever looked into doing the Trans-Siberian? Yes. I would lo- like, I want to. I don't know if we could do it right now, per se, but yeah. Probably not. Probably. Probably not, but I'm pretty sure soon, hopefully. Actually, have you looked into getting Russia into Russia? Because, like, it's not an easy visa, and I think if you're former Russian, they, there's problems about getting in as an American. I did not look into it. 
because <laughs> I will, and I'll get back to you on that one. Okay, I will follow up with you on that one because, like, as just an American, American, like, it's like, fuck. It's yeah, like, I don't have a dual. I'm an American citizen. I don't have like a Russian citizenship or nothing. Well, it, it, it's. I believe one of the questions, like, on the visa application, was like, "Have you ever denounced your Russian citizenship?" I wouldn't know because I was eight months old. Right, like, so, so I don't I probably know. Probably did. Right, like I don't know how that works for you. Like I'm sure because of that question, your parents couldn't go back if they wanted. Right, but my mom doesn't want to go back. Like she never wanted to go back or anything like that. So I'm like, okay. Uh, where in Russia did you guys come from? If you, I, I know it's a small village in Russia. That's all I know. <laughs> like more towards the European side, or like more towards the Asian side. It or? was Russia when we moved out. And then it became Ukraine okay. after. Okay. Yeah. So it. I call it, I technically still call it Russian because it was Russia when we moved out. Hey, uh, depending on what part of Ukraine it is now, it's Russia again. <laughs> if, it's <a> Crimea, exactly. <laughs> if it's in Crimea, it's, it's back to being Russian. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's just a wild part of the world. Like, look, it's such weird, rich history. And like, since, you know, my mother's side, on my grandmother's side's from there. It's just like, I'm curious about it. Do you ask about it or? I'm not really. Cause you know, my grand, my grandparents were born in the States. It was their parents that came. So, okay. And my grandparents have passed on at this point. So no one's really got the history, but it's still like, okay, well that's the great grandparents came from there. And like, by the time they came from there, like this pre uh, communist revolution, Okay. Oh wow! So you missed all the communism, all the the crazies. Yeah, because my my grandparents were born in twenty one. Yeah, they were born in twenty one in the states. So, oh wow! So the Russian Revolution was nineteen seventeen. So yes. So they had to most. I'm pretty sure they were already established in the states before all that shit went down. But it's you know, the imperialist Russia was not exactly uh, kind to our people either. Right. I mean, my mom would tell me stories all the time. Yeah. So I'm like, and I think that's why she doesn't want to go back. But I'm like, I want to go eventually just to see where I came from. It would be cool. And the dollar goes fucking far. Yes, it does. A couple of years ago, I was looking at going and it's like, I can stay at the Ritz Moscow for like how much a night? All right. (laughs) How much was it? It was like, a hundred US a night. Oh wow. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. What that that to stay at the Ritz Carlson for that price? All right, I'm in. I'll do it for a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I want to stay in Russia that long, but No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you're not. It's like, oh, I live in the Ritz now. Look look at look at how yeah, baller right? I am. Hey now. If you thought I was bougie then, I'm I'm more bougie now. <laughs> A lot of big fur coats living in the Ritz. I, exactly. I, I feel like if you're in Moscow, you got to like rock big fur coats. You need to have the fur coat. If you're in Moscow, you need to have the fur coat. There's going to be some hate comments on that. Like, how dare you guys have, wear fur? It's more, oh, like, for the PETA yeah, thing? Yeah, I know. <laughs> whatever. Like, is what it is. If the animals didn't want to get slaughtered, they'd escape. <laughs> it's their fault. No. That's that that I'm gonna get some shit on that one. I'm sure. <laughs> These are the things that happen. But yeah, I I, I want to do Russia. 
I want to yeah, see. Yeah, me too. I want to see some more Western Europe. Like I've only been to Spain, France, and the UK. And Germany, shit, and the Netherlands. Okay, no, I definitely want to travel more. I think I took it for granted because I was like, oh, we could, like, anytime, whatever, and blah, blah, blah. And now with this whole shutdown, I'm like, oh, you know what? You never know. You never know. Yeah, this whole thing is illustrated that society barely hanging on by a thread. Right, exactly. So when everything opens up, I'm definitely taking advantage just right to the Bahamas? Straight to the Bahamas and wherever else it takes me. Are you taking me with to the Bahamas, too? Of course, yeah. All right, I guess I'll have to dance for you for that one. Ooh, yes. Yes, yes. I'll I'll, I'll even rock a banana hammock for you on the beach. Just do. Don't threaten me with a good time. (laughs) Bright yellow Speedo, just... Yes! Ooh, I can't wait. <laughs> oh wow this is this is just my whole life is changing because of this podcast i didn't realize oh, thank god thank god mine too got a new <laughs> travel buddy hell yeah yes this is fantastic are you still in brooklyn these days or are you like moved into the I'm city in jersey. oh you're in jersey i'm in jersey yeah i'm in jersey but i'm in the city a lot so I grew up from Brooklyn. I'm always in the city, so but I'm in Jersey now. What what made you decide to make the jump to Jersey? Parking. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <gasps> the the amount of t- the amount of parking tickets I got in Brooklyn because of no parking or anything, I was just like, yeah, no, I can't. So I'm just like, I need parking. And everything, and like everything's a parking lot. So I'm like, okay, that's great. So here I am. I told you I'm spoiled. I, I see that. I see that. Like my, <laughs> my former roommate just moved back from LA to Brooklyn, and he was just telling me like the shenanigans he's going on with parking there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is. No, it would take me legit, no lie. It would take me like two hours to find parking. Fuck that. To the point where I would just park in like a fire hydrant, a bus stop, and just be like, if I get a ticket, I get a ticket. I don't even care. Apparently one of his neighbors put cones down in front of his spot. And like if other people parking in the spot, like plasters fucking stickers all over the car about like that they're in violation and they're going to get towed. Oh my God. That's actually pretty good. That's smart. That's a whole nother level. I don't know. It's smart until you get the wrong motherfucker that you put a sticker on. Yeah, that's true. But hopefully you don't get that wrong person. But yeah, that's true. But that's pretty smart, though. Not for nothing. I, I'm sure it's a good hustle that's worked for a number of years for him. But, you know, you get the wrong guy. He's like, I- I'm going to put a brick through your window then. All right. Or I'm just going to slash your tires. Right. I know okay. where you park, motherfucker. Right. Like you have the cones. But no, thank God for parking now. So I'm happy. See, that that's with me in L.A. and Hollywood. Like, I refuse to go to a place that does not have a parking spot. That's just my one of my two requirements for a place in Hollywood. It's like, got to have a parking spot. And at least, bare minimum, I have to have, you know, washer, dryer, in building. Like, I'm not going to oh, a laundry Oh, of course. Mask. I have it in my unit. Well, I got one in my so. unit, too. But uh, my previous place was in building. Oh, okay. So as long as, like, you don't have to walk out of, like, the building and stuff and everything. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't want to fucking have, like, I'm, I don't want to go to a laundromat. Fuck that. 
It's all about convenience. Yeah. The idea of like, nah, not like I, I'm, I'm talking so bougie and privileged. And I'm like, <laughs> laundromat. Yeah. But you know what? Like you live at a place where you want to call home and stuff. Like, why would you want to go to a laundromat and stuff when you could have it at your convenience? I agree. And once again, this last year and a half has really illustrated the point of having a comfortable home. Oh, 100% because you need a place to be, call home because you only saw four walls. I couldn't imagine living in a place where like, oh, I'm uncomfortable as shit in here. Fuck. And I didn't care because I was out all the time. Right. And now it's like, oh, I can't go nowhere. <laughs> Honestly, what I imagine like New York living would be like for me is like I would have some place that was just okay and just never be in it. Like this is where I sleep. Just because, like, no, for me, I need a place that I like I could call home and stuff because I like I'm out so much because of work and everything that when I'm home, I like to be comfortable and I like to know that, like, ah, I'm home and stuff and not just like, all right, this is where I lay my head at night. I've definitely done both over the course of my life, and I'm definitely at an age and point where I'm like, no, 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 I like to have comfort, but right. That's also why I've never desired to live in New York. I love visiting New York. I love visiting there. Like I always have a good time there, but it's also like I would probably just end up in a spot that was just like this is where I live. But that's my head. why I chose Jersey. Because I'm so close to the city, but at the same time, I refuse to live in like a size of a box and pay so much money for nothing. Yeah, just for the location, like, oh hey, I'm in the city. Cool. Yeah, I don't care about that. I'll go to the city. It's fine. Like, I'll drive to the city. I'm not going to live in the city. <laughs> Part of me wishes, like, it was New York, L.A. kind of went back to, like, 70s, 80s dingy. Where it's like, oh, hey, rent prices are cheap enough that you can get a halfway decent spot. It'll never be that way. I know. I know. Uh, I, <laughs> I know. But wishful thinking. I, I've been re-watching The Deuce recently, and I'm like, 70s New York looked just fucking wild. Do you watch that show? No, I have to watch it. I, I have to watch it. Do you know what it's about? I heard what it's, I know what it's about. I know what it's about, but I have to watch it because I love all the shit about New York because I'm like, oh my God, I know this spot and I know this spot. And like, that's why I love it. And like, I have to watch it. Grimy 70s New York is such a great setting. It's just, it makes for just visually and just the stories that came from it are just amazing. And I can't wait to watch it. I'm going to watch it. It's, it, you know, and, and David Simon, who did The Wire also, like, is a great producer storyteller. The Wire was great. Yeah, it's from the same team. So it, I know a lot of people in the industry, when they first heard about it, they're like, how dare a bunch of fucking civilians do a show about the origins of porn? They did it right, especially, like, talking about the mob involvement and right. the evolution of it going from, especially in New York, like, street level prostitution into you know dirty movies into porn you know the porn industry and know now. what is what it is now so they did it right crazy to think that like there are people in the industry these days because of how commercially acceptable it is like how so more so it's not fully socially acceptable to be a part of this industry but it's much more socially acceptable than it was 15 20 years ago i mean there's still a stigma behind it but you're right. People don't view it as like, oh, my God, look at her. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still people like that. There's still a lot of people like that. But there's a lot more people going into the industry now being like, this is fine. 
You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not as bad as it was before, pretty much. What? And now with like OnlyFans and stuff and everything like that, you don't really need an agent. You don't need to travel. All you need is your phone or your camera and your own studio, pretty much. One OnlyFans is getting people that would have never thought about sex work into sex work. Right. Your average waitress, bartender, college student, they're all like... Even nurse. Yeah. Oh, that oh, that horrible fucking story out in New York about uh, was a EMT or a nurse that got outed for having an OnlyFans and lost her job during the fucking pandemic. Right. To me, it's like, I mean, really? For what? Like, to me, that's fucked up. It is. Because... What you do on your own personal time outside of work, that's your personal time. If you're a good nurse and a good employee, then you know what? Like, who cares what you do on your outside? So no one has sex. Like, no one records it. You know what I mean? Because she decided to put it on OnlyFans. It'd be one thing if, like, she's wearing her fucking nurse's uniform that had the name of the hospital on it. Right. But but she's not. The fact that, exactly. So to me, it's like, that's bullshit. And they just like, they're just looking for reasons. And like, like I said, a lot of people are not going to accept it. But at the same time, like, don't fire someone for it. I don't agree. look at them and be like, oh, my God, look at you. Yeah, we, we still have a long way to go for it truly to be fully socially acceptable. But my original point was like, it's not like the back in the day where the mob was, you know, deeply involved. And like, so be in the industry, you pretty much were just come being part of a criminal enterprise. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Now it's actually legit and legal and stuff like if you do it right, then it's legal and legit and you could even pay taxes. You better pay taxes. Even if you're doing it illegally, you better still pay taxes. Exactly. Exactly. The IRS don't give a fuck. They will get their money. One way or another. Yeah. That's the mob. Yeah. That's, that's the real mob. And like, (laughs) you'll wish that they broke your legs. Yeah, exactly. But it's just wild to like, in the course of, you know, someone's lifetime, it's gone from like being completely a criminal organization to fucking, you know, the girl next door really shooting her own shit. It's just a wild. Time's changed. And you know what? Like, it's just evolving. And who knows what's going to happen in a few years from now? Who knows? And it's just going to keep growing and it's just going to keep evolving. Hopefully it gets to a point where like it's actually a protected class because that's the one thing whenever I have civilian friends who are like talking about like, oh, I'm thinking about, you know, getting into the industry and stuff like that. I'm like, please, 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 please. Like, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying, please consider the long-term consequences because an employer 10, 15 years from now could still fire you from your fucking civilian job because you did one fucking scene and they saw it. Oh, 100%. Because the internet, like, it's there forever. Yeah. It, it is. Once once you have done a scene, it is absolutely there forever. And, like, that's one thing I never got where, like, I know some performers that were like, I'm a part-time performer. Like, I do, like, a couple scenes a year. It's like, you generally got a limited time in this biz. And you've done the damage by doing one scene. So why not jump in both feet? That was just my opinion on it. But I have your opinion on it, but... A lot of people just view it differently. They just like, I don't know. They just view it differently. I went in full time. That's me. Like if I'm going in, I'm doing it full time and everything. So and I've done it for 15, 16 years. And then I retired about two years ago. That's an amazingly long career. And thankfully, 
thankfully, because of my fans and my supporters and everything, I'm still relevant. So thankfully, even after all these years, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> and that's fucking awesome. But you and I both know that like, that's not the average career in the biz. Oh, 100%. 100%. Not a lot of, like, unfortunately, not a lot of girls make it past, like, two, three years. For a various number of reasons. They get tired of the bullshit. Like, a lot of times, you know, girls meet a dude who's, like, cool with what they do until it's time for them to go back to work and leave the biz for... That's the majority of the people. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone wants to date a porn star until it's time for a porn star to go to work. Exactly. Until you catch feelings and it's like, oh, no, I don't want you doing that. You know what you signed up for? Like that. Yeah, but then it's always Captain Save-A-Hole. Oh, so. <laughs> and a lot of cases, it's broke Captain Save-A-Hole. This is true. A hundred percent true. Like <laughs> if you're a filthy rich Captain Save-A-Hole, go save that hoe. Like if you were going to yeah, you know, right? like, oh, yeah, give up, you know, especially 10 years ago, a good working performer really could make. Easily six figures. Yeah, not anymore. Not unless you're an OnlyFans superstar, and then right, right, exactly. But if you're times just, definitely changed. If you're just shooting scenes, and yeah, you're not making that kind of money. Times definitely changed, and like honestly, the free porn killed the business. Oh yeah, and it, it's wild to see the evolution of because I got in 2010, 2011. When I got in, the people I was working for, you know, like the hub was the fucking enemy. Like stealing everyone's shit. And right, but now there's awards for it. Right. Now there's awards for it. Now they're the biggest content producer on the fucking market. Like they, they they own so many fucking sites. They produce so many content. I just was working on a crew for for MindGeek. Like it's it's just weird to right, watch. How that. Times definitely changed. They the times definitely changed. For a time there, they were paying models out on like a YouTube esque model where it's like oh well if your scenes get this many clicks at least we're getting you some sort of payout instead of just flat out stealing people's content and it's not just Pornhub it's X videos it's a lot of different sites and stuff and everything and honestly that's what killed the industry yeah but people don't see it that way people didn't were slow to adapt to like losing physical media and we we as an industry made the mistake of forever and a day like a lot of models, personal paid sites and shit like that would freely allow their users to download the video. Mm-hmm. Like, like, why do you think it got pirated? Cause they just have a copy of it that they can just distribute now. Right. Like, okay. So now what, you know what I mean? But hopefully that changes, but I don't think it will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we're, the only fans model is going to happen for a while, but like I talk about this all the time where it's like, you don't have a contract with OnlyFans. You have a t- terms of service. They can change that shit at will. Right. You can be making six figures a month today and tomorrow I'll be making significantly less. And what the fuck are you going to do about it if all your eggs are in that basket? A lot of people don't think that way, though. I know. It's unfortunate. A lot of people don't think that way, and it is unfortunate. But that's why you always need to have a backup plan. I tell that to performers all the fucking time. Um, I was just on set with like brand new performer, like shot a handful of her scene, like first couple of scenes with us. And I was driving her back to the hotel after set. And she was just so stoked to like, have been on set and like shooting. And I'm like, and the conversation, I'm like, I'm like, save some of this money. Right. <laughs> like, 
Well, when I first started, like, it was funny because it was such fast, easy money and like good money and everything. Like, you know, you don't know what to do with it. And like, and I was younger too, obviously, that I was just like not saving or anything until one day I was like, oh, fuck, like, what do I do now? And then that's when, like, I was like, okay, I really need to start saving. Because one day it could just disappear. You know, all it takes is like, especially in this day and age where it's like all fucking algorithms and data, like just to take a downturn in your numbers and be like, oh, we're just going to book her less because like her scenes aren't fucking moving. Right. Exactly. You have some fucking crazy Internet controversy and like people are just like, nah, I'm cool. We don't want to deal with that drama. Yeah, like we don't like her no more or something. Yeah, just like any form of entertainment, it's fucking fickle. I mean, just like anything. Generally, like I want to say porn and entertainment, a little more fickle than your your average show job but like who wants to go work one of those i know right <laughs> fuck that fuck making other people a bunch of money for like you're just sweating away to show up and be like can i please have two weeks of vacation sir please yeah like, right and can i get my paycheck in two weeks please can, maybe maybe some health care pretty please yeah right please please <laughs> please please <laughs> And if people are happy with that shit, if you're listening to this and you're happy with that in your life, good on you. It's just. Listen, kudos to you. I'm not knocking it. I'm not. I'm knocking it for me. But it's not for me. Right. I, I know you managed like nightclubs and like were the financial manager of a nightclub before you got into the industry. It was like, how'd you end up falling into that? Um. Well, I was always in the nightlife. I was always running the a front door of the, of the city and of the clubs in the city and stuff. Um, I have a degree in accounting and marketing. So I've done the books for different clubs in the city. Um, so basically, I was always in the hospitality industry. I was always in the nightlife. And then I was an accountant and a marketing manager, and the economy turned to shit. So this was in the early 2000s or something. And someone told me about the Cat House show. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I started watching it and stuff, and I started laughing at it and everything, but I was like, hmm, maybe I could get into the adult entertainment. And lo and behold, that's how Alana Love got her shot. Nice, nice. I, I, I was just curious, like, the nightlife end of it, because, like, New York nightlife is legendary. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been, like, I used to go out since I was 16 years old. That's, maybe that's why I'm such a homebody right now. But... <laughs> But I'm like, you know, the nightlife is not the same now as it used to be back then. But it was great back then. Now it's like I go out and I'm like, oh, my God, did I get older? Or did everybody get younger? Like, holy shit. I prefer the strip clubs over the nightclubs. Now. New York strip clubs are weird. I've only been to, uh, what is it, Sapphire that always brings in the features? Yes, I work at Sapphire. Uh, I've been to that Sapphire. It was just like. There are so many Wall Street bros here. It's full of Wall like fucking mm-hmm. suspenders and fuck. Uh, it was just a a weird scene for me. It was just like it was no, hot. but it's just a very chill, like laid back environment, as opposed to like a nightclub now, where it's like everybody's on top of each other. Like drinks are spilling all over you, unless you have a table or a bottle service and stuff like that and everything. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to be around, like, just pushing everybody out the way. Why would anyone want to go to a nightclub without bottle service? Just ask. That's true. I agree with you 100%. Well, 
Like, I don't like nightclubs. I will only get dragged to one if there is bottle service. Like, can I sit I at agree. a table and drink from your bottle? Otherwise, I am not going. I agree. A hundred percent. I agree. The last time I was at Sapphire, I, I was there hanging out with a, a feature. It was hilarious to me because, like, I must have looked so out of place to the door staff because the feature was already inside. And I just rolled to the door and I'm like, hey, and they're like, oh, you're with the feature, aren't you? Because I'm dressed like this. <laughs> Like, yeah, you're not our regular clientele. Go on in. I'm like, <laughs> okay, hi. Like, oh yeah, scummy looking metal dude. Yep, yep, yep. I'm here with a feature. Hi, that's. What were your spots in New York back in the day? Like when you were working in the nightlife. Um, I used to. Well, the first club I ever went to was Sound Factory. Um, I used to work at Duvet Taj Touch. A lot of them are not around anymore. Uh, Webster Hall, Pasha, which was Sound Factory. Um, was the limelight pretty much still, everywhere? Was the limelight still a thing at that point, or it was? I just never worked there. I used to go there. All right, but that's when I was like under the age that I was not allowed to go. But I still managed to go. Was like <laughs> when you were going to limelight? Was that like during like the crazy club kid era? Like you know, um, fucking. Party Monster, Michael Anik. You've seen the movie Party Monster, right? No, I don't think I have. Uh, with Macaulay Culkin and uh, Seth Green. Maybe I have. I just don't remember it. it. It was about like the New York club kids that like, like did like these really elaborate parties at Limelight and shit like that, like with crazy costuming and like they, like it was just a crazy scene. And like, um, I forgot. The- I mean, back in the day, like the clubs were crazy. The clubs were crazy and stuff. And like, I would go there a lot. I would go to, I would just be in the club scene all the time and everything. And then I started working in the whole club scene and I'm still in the whole, except now I'm in the strip club industry. The strip club industry is such a, it's its own wild, wild fucking industry. Like, cause I, I've spent a lot of time as a roadie for features and like, I've been to clubs all over the country and it's just like, a lot of them are the same, but they're a little different in each one. It Well, yeah, and it depends what city you go to and stuff like that. Jersey clubs are different than city clubs. And, like, city clubs are different than Queens clubs and stuff. So it's just all different. It depends on what city and state you go to and everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, so outside of your home club, what's your favorite club? Anywhere in the country. Well, I'm going to be biased and say Sapphire. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm besides Sapphire, besides Sapphire, besides Sapphire, isn't you know? And Hustler. Which Hustler, which Hustler location? Well, obviously in New York. Okay. But uh, I like Florida's strip clubs are good, too. Yeah. I just can't think of names right now. I'm blanking out. But It's been a long time since I've been to a Florida club, but my very first strip club was in South Beach, and it was just like, this, this is a crazy place. This is, I was on. Well, it's more of a party scene than anything. It's not just like a strip club. It's more of a party scene. So that's what's good about it too, because it's like you get to chill, you get to like drink, and it's not like no one harasses you really. Which is like the polar opposite, like Vegas strip clubs. I, I've decided like Vegas strip clubs are my least favorite place on the planet. Mm-hmm. Because I get it. Like every everyone who's working is like on their hustle and like. 99% of your clientele are tourists who don't know shit. So it's just like, they're just trying to turn over fucking dances and make your money. Like, I don't, right. I don't hate that hustle. It's just not what I want to attend as clientele. 
it's not for everybody. Yeah. And like, I'm more of, for me, I prefer longevity with the person. I prefer creating a relationship with the person and not just like, oh, so you want to lap dance? No, bye. You know what I mean? Like you feel it out. You see how it is and stuff like that and everything. And if the connection is there, the connection is there. If it's not, it's not. But you never know. But I'm not going to be the one to harass because at the end of the day, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I agree. I agree. Unfortunately, like with the amount of like performers that Vegas clubs book, they, it just never seems to work that way. Like I've only met like one dancer and all the times I've ever been to a Vegas club where like they were cool to just chill. Like, right. Got dragged there with fucking civilian friends. We got bottle service and like dancer rolled through. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm here because of my civilian friends. Like, I, you know, don't waste, don't waste your time on me. Like I'm, I'm just here babysitting them. And she's like, is it cool if I just sit? I'm like, yeah, Oh, chill. She's like, have a drink, like chill. Right. But, I mean, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of us like that. But you'd be amazed how many, you know, performers. There just, aren't. Well, where I'm just like, yo, hey, I'm here because of these dudes like i'm just here like i'm not gonna have you waste your time giving me the whole sales pitch i'm, I'm and to be like you're a fucking asshole like yo i'm would you prefer that i have you waste 20 minutes bullshit with me and like let's get a dance i'm like nah i'm cool well i prefer the realism over anything else yeah so like for me i respect the honesty over anything like when a girl calls you an asshole and stuff like that i actually laugh at that because i'm like okay I'm not bothered by it. It's just one of those, like, I'm just trying to save your fucking time. I know, like, your time is fucking money. That's just where I'm at with it. If you think I'm an asshole over it, so be it. I'm not losing any sleep over that shit. Right, exactly. Personally, my favorite thing to be able to say is I'm with the feature. It's just, like, everyone knows. Like, I'm. But then that's when everybody leaves you alone. Yep. <laughs> I've worked in so many fucking clubs. Like, I, I don't like going to strip clubs to, like, go to strip clubs at this point. Like I said before, I prefer the strip club over the nightclub. Well, if you give me the choice of the two, yeah, I'll choose the strip club. I don't want to go to either one. I want to go to a dive bar or a nice like cocktail bar. That's that's where I want to end up. Well, in reality, I prefer like having a dinner and stuff like that over that. But like, if I had to choose, I would choose the strip club. So l- l- let's rank it here. So it's nice dinner, then strip club, then nightclub, then where? Your house. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I read the article. I I know you. You're like I'm a homebody. I want to spend movies and like yes, be intimate with somebody. And that is super cool. What is the movie that gets put on when you're gonna you know be back relaxing? My favorite movies are like the old school movies, like Dirty Dancing. That's my favorite. All right. Uh, old school. I love old school. I love comedy movies, romantic comedy. You know, I hate I hate horror movies that I hate. Fast and the Furious because I love my Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe there's nine of those fucking movies now. That is so. Oh, much. I know, me too. But you know what? He never ages, so I'm like, I'm happy. <laughs> He's a member of the tribe too, isn't he? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and he like he lives in New York and everything. And believe it or not, he's a giant nerd. He plays Dungeons and Dragons. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Like, Vin Diesel did the foreword on, like, one of the D&D books at one point. Like, wrote the foreword on it. Yep. Oh, wow. Guess on all-around cool dude. 
Like, <laughs> you, you got to be pretty diverse. You're like, I'm a big action star. Still play Dungeons and Dragons. Right. <laughs> See, I like him even more now. I don't play video games, but I like him even more. Oh, I'm not <laughs> even talking video games. I'm talking like nerdy fucking Dyson books, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> like fucking rolling dice with a bunch of other nerds at a table. <laughs> Pretending you're a fucking wizard and shit. It's just like, oh, hey. That's another thing that is wild that like the stigma of nerd culture has like become popular too. Like when I was growing yeah. up, when I was growing up, if you're like, oh, I'm into some nerd shit, people are like, what's wrong with you? And now it's like, you're not into nerd shit? What's wrong with you? I mean, it's all about the media again and what is popular. It's true. It's true. A weird shift to be like, oh yeah, nerd culture. It's okay. I mean, hell. Exactly. It's hot right now. Don't you worry. The the idea of like 10 plus years of comic book movies being the biggest thing in the fucking box office. Oh, nerd culture. Or like everybody like is into like Harry Potter. And oh, yeah. I mean, I never saw one. Don't don't judge me. But yeah. Oh, I'm, I, I'm judging you horribly, horribly. I know you are. I've, I know. I've seen the first one and that's because someone with tits forced me to watch it. But <laughs> I am. I have never, never seen the other ones. And like, I know there's some of my audience that like my old co-host was deep into Potter and like, they're, they're about that life. I'm like, eh, I just, you know. Yeah, I'm not really about that life. So. Prepubescent boy doing magic. Not really my jam. I would much rather like, I am more into like fucking sci-fi and thrillers and shit like that. And good comedies. I'm more into like comedies and stuff and action. The rarity is finding a comedy like that you can rewatch and just like, oh yeah, this is fucking hilarious. No matter Old how school, I- you can watch it and watch it and rewatch it and never be tired of it. Well, and Vince Vaughn's performance in that movie is great. Oh, I love him. And Will Ferrell. Yep. He's amazing. We're going streaking. Frank the <laughs> Tank. Frank the Yes. Tank. You're my boy, Blue. <laughs> <laughs> But I just realized the time. Oh, you got to run? Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's okay. We'll do it again sometime. Hopefully at some point. Yes, we'll, I would we'll love to. Do it in person. You know, I would us, love to. One of us on the course. Or I, I will, you know, I'll, I'll honor you by doing your show at some point. Like I'm, I'm just volunteering. Yes, please. Volunteering. Let me know when. Uh, Let me know when. I would love to. I, I may or may not wear a Speedo for it. I, I can't make any promises. Ooh, please. Mm. <laughs> Alana, before we get out of here, though, where can they find you on the things? Where can they find your show? Find your find everything. Tell everyone where they can find everything. You can find me on Instagram at underscore Alana Love underscore. On Twitter, Alana Love XXX. You can find my show by clicking the link on the bio in my Instagram. Um, it's called Love and Laughs and alovemedia.com. Hell yeah. And you can see a lot of really funny comics on her show i may have peaked a couple episodes before i got on today so it's it's and good. i would love to have you on oh I, I i feel a little scummy by just being like yeah yeah i'll come do it and i just invited myself no so. i would love to have you on hell yeah <laughs> alana it was my absolute pleasure and for Thank my audience you. the pleasure was all mine and my for audience for whoever doesn't know for whatever reason you can find me at matt underscore slayer on twitter matt slayer on instagram matt f and slayer on facebook twitch.tv slash matt f and slayer you can find the podcast and now we drink on twitter and now we drink underscore on instagram and until next week drink up motherfuckers <laughs>